0: by ListenNotes.com, so you know your message will be heard. Now, here is your host with today's interview, Pastor Bob Thibodeau.
1: Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads podcast today. We're so blessed that you're joining us. If you've been listening to us recently, you've heard several sessions with our guest today, T.S. Wright, and we've done a deep dive on Revelation, the seven church ages, and folks, there's no doubt the t- time we're living in right now. And if you missed any of our prior episodes with Scott Ray, you need to go back to the archives and look them up. Amen. And Scott's back with us again today. He's been teaching us about the different church ages and the significant things that the Bible and history itself has to say about them. And he's helped us to understand each of the different ages of the church, why they're so significant. And now we're looking at the modern day church age with all the problems going on in society today and what the churches are doing about it or shouldn't we say not doing about it but he's also scott's also a podcaster he has a truly great podcast called the god-centered concept as well you need to listen and subscribe to that and he's also published a journal called god-centered concept journal making god's word my ways help me welcome back to the program scott Rice. scott thanks for coming back on the program today i do appreciate your time buddy
2: hey look forward to our discussion today it's uh, obviously as always it's um, it's a good time and just great conversation that we amen. get to have here
1: amen you know and we focus a little bit and I want to go into that a little bit more about what the churches are doing or not doing and preparing for the culmination of our Christian existence, I guess you could say. And that's the end of the age. But I have a few questions for you based on everything that we've been discussing so far over the last several sessions. And the first really has to deal with, where do we go from here? I mean, we've shared a a lot of great information and and, you know, most people want to know, well, what do I do now? So let's go down that road a little bit. Share that with us.
2: Well, I think first of all, the The number one focus, and it has always been the focus, is that you know asking the question, just in a general sense, in our, our lives, how how are we glorifying God? You know, I've uh, I've had a couple of discussions with people the last couple of days, just you know, out and about, uh, people that I've um, sat down and just talked with. You know, everything is everything is in the Bible, as far as our human behavior. And I guess in a way, and our endeavors and what we do with our mind, our body, and our mouth is is really supposed to be geared at, and always should be asking. We should always be asking the question, and giving it to God as well as self-reflecting to ourselves: is what are we doing to glorify God, and is what we're doing glorifying God? I mean, all that is our purpose. So if you if you want to dive into Psalm one twelve, Psalm one fifteen the culmination of those passages is all about glorifying God. And I mean, the nation of Israel in the first five books of the Bible, some know that is the Torah, some knows that is the Pentateuch, and excuse me on some of my pronunciations there, but those first five books, ultimately everything that God revealed through that process of revealing that all to Moses, whether it's the, it was historical stuff, whether it was stuff to come, things they were supposed to do then, the things they developed such as the temple and the feasts and all those things, they were all centered around the idea that they, everything was to be set up to glorify God. And, and so where do we go from here is number one, I think the church in a general sense, both us, all of us individually as, as Christ followers, but also as, as a church in a, as a common body, is what we're doing about glorifying God. If you cannot answer that question, then you need, to, you need to take a, you need to pause everything. That needs to be a total freeze. And there needs to be a deep dive into God's word, into prayer, and to recognize, into really doing a self-reflection, whether it's as a group or individually, and looking at the whole picture of your life and understanding why do, what is it that I'm doing that is not glorifying God? Or what is it that I'm doing that is, and being able to analyze that. So I think I think that has to be the first part of this. And that's where we go from here. The book of Revelation should be as much as anything as a wake-up call and create a sense of urgency that, and you've talked about this, nobody's guaranteed tomorrow, but I can tell you there is an end game here. This is a the book of Revelation is telling you there is an endgame. Whether you want to agree that there's going to be a rapture, not rapture, the seven year trib happened back in the 60s and 70s, and some people believe that. Whether you believe it's going to happen now, the seven year trib is coming here in the next few years. Whatever you want to believe, regardless of where you think we are in the book, we are still in our time period right now. Is in that book. It's yeah. built in there somewhere and there is an end game Amen. there is going to be an end whether it's your individual you you dying or there's some culmination of event that makes everything completely stop
1: exactly yep
2: and so i think that is that needs to be the most resounding message that the book of revelation gives us and that god is in total control he is the final authority in all of this and that he has turned that authority over to Jesus to judge individuals and the nations.
1: Amen. And if you're judging individuals, well, it has to deal with your individual salvation and what you're doing for the Lord. Yes. Remember you're not saved by your works, folks, you're saved by your faith. So Amen. don't, don't focus on that part, but on this earth, people come together as groups in the churches, the churches are designed to do the works, the individuals by faith, and you know. I guess next question be how do we spark the great end time harvest that's been prophesied and talked about in the Bible and by several you know preachers along the way that you know because most churches today seem to be more concerned with their own. Church event schedules and doing all they can to make their own existence profitable, than actually reaching the lost in their community. Now, if you ask them, oh, they got all these programs to reach the lost in the community, but yet the only people that attend church are the same ones that have been there over and 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 over. You know, I know some churches that you know the only new people that come to church is when somebody has a baby. You know, that's that's about it. But you know, what how do we spark the great harvest in looking at society as we're looking at it right now, where it's all the me generation? I guess that's the question.
2: Well, I think first of all, I think and that's a great question. I think the number one thing is that we've got to start realizing that life our our life and our function of our faith should not just be geared to sunday mornings i think the problem is is we've gotten really comfortable with sunday mornings yeah i think we got to get out of that comfort zone i think that's the first thing we've got to do and it's like we have the sunday morning god box and then we got all these other boxes that are just about how we dictate our own life and so we have our one little god box here and we might have our 10 minute devotional box. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we have our little prayer box that we might say a prayer to, or, you know, when we're, we're in need, we'll call out to God. And that just kind of floats in there. It's kind of fluid as to when we need it. And that's it. Um, we've kind of, we become a very transactional society and we've lost the idealism of relational. Yeah. We really have. And, and that, that is a big deal. Yeah. Because what's happening is, is there's, other, there's other places that have been happy to rise up to, f- to fill that void. And what that does is that leads, that makes human endeavors the idealism that people are buying into because that's where they feel connected.
1: Yeah,
2: People do not feel connected in the church anymore. What happened was at some point here, Used to churches had their doors open. You could go in and talk to a pastor or priest anytime, yep. almost day or night.
1: Yep.
2: Those days ended somewhere around the 90s and the turn of the millennia, somewhere. Because I remember in the 90s, in the 80s, if I wanted to go see a pastor or priest, I could just pop in and say hi. Yeah. You know, and people talked to each other that way, and they were they were communicating. But now that idea of community is gone. And the problem is a lot of it's now just being done on social media. Well, the issue is, is that people aren't getting to know each other. They're just living off of their idealism of their statements. Yeah. And then as soon as you put something out there, then you have a label on you. And then there's no talking through that anymore. Right. Everybody's judging you according to your Twitter handle, you know, or your Twitter post. And it's just a free for all through social media. So that's where yeah, a lot of community is exactly. happening. Yeah. But the problem is, is there's no relate, there's not even any relational aspect there. You know, it's it's hard. This is what I'll tell people. It's hard to have good PR if you don't have good relational. Mm-hmm. Because the relational aspect is about getting to know. There is no way through one or two Twitter posts or what somebody posts online that you can really get to know somebody.
1: That's right. Amen. Amen. You can't. You can't. You know, we and we, dis- we discussed last of- time, let me just put there, because we discussed last time, I think it was, how the Jewish society focused on their relationship in God and serving God yep. in their community. And today, as you just said, we exactly. focus on our social media community, how we can serve them rather than exactly. our relationship with God. How, how can we get through that or change that?
2: Well, I think, I think the first thing that we're going to have to do is that just in a general sense, we've got to get our doors open to people again. Um, Not just through programs, but doors where they can just walk in and we can talk to people, you know, but people don't feel safe and they, and there's a lot of, you know, people feel like they're going to be offended. So they run from that and hostility and things of that nature has made it a lot more difficult for churches just to keep their doors open all the time. And so kind of just the natural environment, but at some point we're going to have to do that. We're going to have to reopen those doors and just let people come in and, and visit with us. I mean, go back and watch movies and watch documents and think documentaries and things about what the church was like just 40 years ago. Those doors were always open. You could always go into a, a Catholic church and talk to a priest. You could go in and, and talk to pastors at different Protestant churches. They were always there. You know, they weren't out having a hundred meetings with, that were just administrative with administrators. They were more about having their doors open and, you know, there might be two or three pastors of the church, but there was always somebody there for people to just to come in and talk to. And so not that the pastor should be the final authority but certainly, those buildings need to be open for community. I think that is a big start. Churches are closed off just from that aspect, just from the physical closing of it all the time. You know, their pastors are just running normal schedules, and it's it's much more difficult. And so that part of it has changed. I think just the advent of technology, it's all about now posting a video and then just letting people watch it. And as much as you can get a lot of information across, where's that relational aspect? And then the other part is, is that churches have changed to this idea of life groups and community groups, which is, which is fine because you want your community connecting. But number one, what is the aim of those groups? And number two, you know, People are wanting to over churches are wanting to oversee the content of that. Right. But it's really not, you know, yeah. the people running the community groups aren't really always as well trained.
1: Yep. I've I've and seen some of them not... in in some of the churches I associate, They they tried doing these, you know, life groups or whatever you want to call them. And uh, you know, they'd have like five couples or something like that. In these groups and one would host it each week. So it rotate. Let's just keep it simple Four, so that one one would host it every Wednesday or whatever the case may be. Right. And then it seemed the focus was always on, you know, the pizza or whatever they're going to have to eat. And, you know, there, as you said, the church would say, okay, you're going to talk about this this week. So they would have a little video. Usually the video would be by, of the pastor or something like that, that, that he'd give a little 15 minute spiel. And then that would be distributed, you know, on YouTube or whatever. So they would watch it together and then they would discuss it or they'd have a couple scriptures to go over and discuss and all that's fine and dandy, but that was it, you know, and it was designed to get them out into the community, but instead they're instead of hunkering in the four walls of the church, they're hunkering down in the living room of, you know, somebody, a church member doing their, you know, obligatory, you know, 60 minutes a preaching week. Preaching to the choir. Yep. Type thing. And then, okay, well, see y'all in church Sunday. <laughs> that was it. I mean, uh, I found it. Personally, I found it to be a waste of my time. Right. You know? And, and, and just, and that's, That is just, my wife and I, we're like, this is not something that I want to continue to happen. I mean, I I get more out of my own one-hour personal study time than I did out of that one hour in the faith group or life group or whatever you want to call it. Because technically, you're only going to actually talk probably 15 minutes. Say a short prayer. All right, now got to go. You know, the the other half an hour was just, uh, you know, eating and talking about, you know, the baseball scores or whatever the case may be, you know, social. And it's good for that for a social, you know, keep you socialized with, with other couples. And you got someone to pray with you, you know, to pick up the phone. You're supposed to be, you know, prayer partners and all this stuff. And I think that might be the way that the, the churches were focusing on it. But again, it fails. And it seems like whatever the church is doing today is failing big time. Because we didn't have these, even in the Wild West, right, when, you know, the drunken brawls and, you know, the all this stuff was going on, they respected that church. They yep. respected that church. And even the, the town drunk would show up Sunday morning in church. <laughs> you know, it, yes. was, it was just something that, you know, we are here to worship God on Sunday, you know, type thing. But today, you know, we talked, you just, you just mentioned about the churches being open. They, they have to close because if they leave their doors open, when they come in the next morning, it's going to be stripped bare, yep. you know, the sound equipment, the, and all that stuff, you know, it, it's, you know again we we come back to our society today but are we programmed to support the institutionalized church or should we be outreaching like building a network and expanding the church's outreach and it seems like the churches are more focused on you know, protecting us than what we're doing. What do you What do you think about that?
2: Well, I I think that's accurate. No matter of fact, talking about sparking the great harvest, I think we need to. We don't need more rules. It's just like in government. We don't need more rules. We don't need more church doctrine. What we need is we need we need more networking. And, you know, just like my question is always what is being taught and really the focus should always be teaching. We need to be teaching people how to share their faith, how to give a testimony, and then how to actually disciple other people. And ultimately what discipling is, is teaching them how to be discipled by the Holy Spirit through the word of God and then taking that and going and sharing it. So. It's, it's really those focuses. It's, we need to be teaching evangelism, how to share our faith, how to give a testimony, and then how to disciple other people to help them connect deeper with God so that they can go and reach out, build a, their own network and be doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. That's really what, that's what life groups should be. Would have done, yeah, yeah. And that's what they're supposed to do. They're not supposed to be these internal things. I don't have a problem with a life group being, you know, something that's a fun activity, but to help connect some people, but that should not be the primary focus. And what's happened is, is that we have taken, and it's part of what my podcast is geared towards. We, we mistaken, there's a few concepts that we've mistaken in our society, inside the church, even that we just we, we've completely walked away from the understanding of what God is calling us to do. Number yeah. 1, it's we we're mistaken fellowship discipleship that's really fellowship. Yeah. Amen. Okay. Amen. That's what we've done. And and this has led to some things. Number 2, the the advent of all the technology and how easy things are, we have we have lost the idea of what real love is. And we now think comfort equals love. And I've heard a lot of pastors say that kind of thing. We think, we think love, what we think of as love is just really comfort. God equates love with faith. Yeah. He does not relate it with comfort. Comfort. As a matter of fact, I think a lot of times God isn't as very much concerned about your comfort as he is your faith. Yeah. He is much more concerned with your faith and character than he is your comfort level.
1: Hey folks, Pastor Bob here, we're all at a time of today's portion of another great interview with our good friend Scott Wright Today, Scott's been sharing with us some important information concerning our topic: Where do we go from here? Hey man, he's been sharing a lot of valuable information with us over these past few months, from the seven ages of the church all the way up to current events in the news and how they all relate to the end times and I pray you are getting a lot of information out of our conversations because it's, it's building your faith. All because of these interviews. Amen. And the good news is, Scott's going to be back in the very next episode to continue our discussion of where do we go from here. Amen. Till then, this Pastor Bob Romani. Be blessed in all that you do. Thank you for listening to today's
0: episode of the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast so you can be notified when another episode is published.